Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. John, welcome back. How you doing? Brother Shan, yeah. I think my mind's on the uh, on the Alaskan cruise with Chuck Swindoll coming up for uh, Sister Kathy and myself. Oh, man. Uh, we're leaving Friday, and we are going for about 10 days. It's an eight-day cruise, but because of time, uh, you know, different schedules, we'll be gone about 10 days. So, brother, I apologize, and I... I uh, really appreciate your uh, grace in um, uh, going on an hour later than I had uh, planned. For some reason, I'm, all, I'm, I'm already on vacation, though technically I'm not on until Friday. Brother, that's going to be an exciting cruise. God bless you on that, and well-deserved. And uh, I know you're going to take some great pictures over there. You might even see a polar bear out there. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Brother, from what I'm hearing uh, from people who who went, and uh, top of the day, by the way, and uh, it's an honor to be on the program. Uh, from what I'm hearing, there are so many things you can do. I'm talking uh, seeing the bears catch the salmon, uh, even fishing for salmon and cooking it. Uh, to of course, wow. In incredible amounts of food on the uh, on the cruise ship, and of course, the wonderful thing is, it's all Christians, at least uh, you know from what I'm hearing. And I, uh, you know, when I was a student at Dallas uh, Seminary from '79 until '84, uh, Chuck Swindoll, you know, came and spoke, and then many years, many decades after I left. Uh, and was in ministry for myself. He became the president of Dallas Theological Seminary. So he's now president emeritus. He's getting up there. I mean, he's in his mid-80s, I want to say. So he's uh, getting more frail. 
uh, and uh, I want to make sure I see him before he graduates, and uh, his wife, of course, as well. And what a what an opportunity is because it's going to be Christian centered, and of course, uh, most people know have heard the name Chuck Swindoll uh, and have heard him preach or teach from God's Word. Uh, stellar guy with integrity, um, just so professional and representing uh, you know his Lord so well. He'll be 89 years old this October, and um, that's exciting, my friend. Uh, we've got a fellow Alaskan in the audience, Brother West, tuning in from Alaska. I lived there for a few months, uh, about six months one time, and I still feel the same way today as I did uh, when I was there. If there was any place I could be for three months of the year, June, July, and August, it would be in Alaska. It's so beautiful there, and um, I remember... Uh, when I got picked up at the Anchorage Airport, we were driving out to this ranch that my stepfather had called the Last Frontier Ranch out in Chickaloon. We stopped, I think, over in Palmer at a gas station. I was looking out, and there was like uh, grass out there on the lawn. It was, it had so much chlorophyll, and it was so green and tall. Brother, I literally wanted to jump out of the car and just go roll in the grass. I don't know. Something just jumped on me. <laughs> I felt like a dog. Wanted to play in the grass. And um, so beautiful. You go to bed, it was still night out at night. You don't ever want to go to sleep. Um, there's so much energy out there and great things to do, great great food and great people. So, yeah, Alaska is the last frontier. Great place. And um, there we are. Folks, welcome back. We're going to continue today. Today is a live show, Wednesday, uh, June 28, 2023. And, uh, Brother John, the mic is yours. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it, as I said, and I was uh, slightly embarrassed because, uh, Brother Shannon, uh, I know you're listening and uh, monitoring. If I can ask just a real quick question. Yes. Uh, when you have, – have you ever had this sneaking suspicion when you began your day that as you progress through your morning or aft- and or afternoon – there's something that you needed to do that you forgot about. <laughs> um, I know I, I know there's something that I should be or something that I should be doing or somewhere or something I should have picked up and then suddenly you graciously uh, you know flagged me down and oh wait a minute. <laughs> so again, thank you for your gracious uh, forgiveness. Well the Lord knew all about it. I had a one hour gap after you so we just flip-flopped it and i went into the word and so uh we're still on schedule everything's good oh thank you brother yes sir <laughs> and by the way there was a beautiful picture of your uh, jemima baby oh man you know there's so much uh, controversy over that name and it's sad that aunt jemima pancakes lost the picture of the uh black aunt jemima you know she was a multimillionaire, and she really? made money yes sir off the endorsements she was a uh, a homemaker a great cook that was a recipe, I think, originally, and these uh, whacked out, uh, demon-possessed, uh, what do you call them, people out there uh, that said, uh, you know, we need to take that down. Um, that was leftist really... A, wacko, leftist wackos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really uh, dishonored Aunt Jemima. And um, what people don't realize, too, is she had a blessed name. Um, real quick story... Uh, Every child we've had, we've had three here, um, 
we went to the Lord, and he did something unique with us. He, uh, he actually gave us their names. First to Mama Narita. She got the names of the boys, and God confirmed it. With my King James Bible, I opened it up, and bam, the name was there. And I said, wow. And the same thing happened on the third baby, Jemima. And uh, that was not a name I would have picked. Um, I didn't know any Jemimas other than Aunt Jemima. I didn't even know the history on who Jemima was. But then uh, this time, actually, God gave me the name first. And I said, God, what should we call this baby? I opened up my King James Bible, and it fell open to Job, Brother John. And I'm looking down, and it says, God blessed Job more in the second part of his life than in the first and gave him three daughters, some of the most beautiful women in the land, and gave the daughters names, and there was Jemima. And uh, these girls were so remarkable that they got something that was uncommon. They got actually an inheritance. Normally, I think that just went to the male ch- you know, children. But these girls got it. They were beautiful. And God gave us the name Jemima. And um, I knew what we needed to do. Go with Jemima. And, you know, of course, I'm in the second part of my life, so I'll take that. I hope the second part is better than the first. So, you know, Jemima is a blessed name. And they really did a lot of uh, disrespect to uh, Aunt Jemima. And they need to put her back on the pancake box. That's my micro sermon. Back to you. <laughs> uh, great. Uh, listen, uh, what a bless, what a blessing. And, and I, I actually love the name because I, I love different names. And um, I am, uh, especially biblical names, so uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, with Jemima, and uh, I bet she. And I've seen the picture, so I know she's as as beautiful as a dove, which is what the name means, dove, like the bird. That's right. That's what it is. Uh, sweet little girl, uh, very smart, and uh, praise the Lord. I'm glad to to be alive, uh, to have a second chance, and. Um, uh, yes, I have to answer your question. Had those times, uh, especially growing up in school, where I knew my homework was due, and I uh, waited till homeroom to try to do it. Brother, that was nightmarish. Uh, one day I said, I can't go into school unprepared anymore, so I started doing my homework early. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord, brother. Amen. You learned, uh, you know, God brings us through these things. And, you know, I think it's the psalmist who says, you know, remember, remember, uh, you know, Yahweh, remember, Lord, that we are but dust. And uh, and don't forget that we are but dust. Uh, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to uh, sin, but our hearts aren't in it. And we don't enjoy it. We don't relish in it. We don't wallow in it. So uh, I tell people, I've shared in my ministry, you know, if if um, there's a reason Jesus cast uh, demons into pigs, because they're pig-like, pigly, if you will, godly, godlike. And um, if you enjoy after you sin and just wallow in it and enjoy the filth and enjoy the, the, the smells, um, you got to really put a question mark over your head. Are you really and truly born again? And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I just uh, question people, anyone, including myself, uh, genuine Christians um, get up, hose themselves off, as I put it, with the blood of Jesus. They move forward and learn the lessons. So, brother, I guess as long as we learn, that's my point, if we learn, as, as, as we go through life, 
as long as we learn the lessons and allow the Holy Spirit of God to change us at a core level, we're, we're fine. We, we may get spanked, so don't be surprised with that, but look at the spanking as, my Heavenly Father loves me, and my Lord Jesus loves me, and it's because, Scripture says, whom Yahweh loves, he chastens. And actually, harder than chastening is scourges every son, obviously inferred daughter, whom he receives. So rejoice. He, he loves you. He cares about you because he chastens us in order to make us look more like his son. We've been predestinated, as Paul says, to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So praise God, brother. As I said, as long as we learn the lessons and uh, as you said, the second second go around, the second time around, second half, whatever, uh, praise God. I'm going to continue where we left off last time and w- w- where we did. And I know uh, our memories, um, you know, would be challenged trying to remember. So let me, um, let me give you a refresher. And... We were talking about the truly full gospel of Jesus Christ, which is salvation, deliverance, and healing. And I first went to John fourteen twelve. And by the way, you can use this as an apologetic, as a defense, as to why you're doing and why you believe what you believe why you're a full gospel agent of Jesus Christ, a full gospel ambassador of Jesus Christ. And you know, I just remembered, we did not open with prayer, so let's start off on the right foot, and let's open in prayer. If you'll pull your faith with me, let's do it. Father, thank you. Thank you for being there for us, even when no one else is on the human level, when we're lonely, when we are struggling, And we all do at times. The world system is full of sin. We are costed on every side. And it seems it's getting worse, which is exactly what your word says, that in the latter times, people will depart even those who claim to be Christians, from the truth. Times will wax worse and worse. And we acknowledge that, Father. And we're seeing it in living color in front of our eyes. Though as that is going on, your word is also clear that you are at work fighting against that. And, Lord Jesus, using your body, the true remnant, genuine Christians, genuine believers, in order to be, as you said 2,000 years ago when you were on earth, that we are to be salt and light. Salt. Flavor this, the drudgery of this life. Preserve salt, preserve the decay. We'll never stop it, but we can preserve it. We can slow it down. 
and light, metaphor for truth. And where there's faults, we can counter it with the truth. Lord, just like you did when you were walking this earth. Help us to be faithful in that. And Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing as well on this time together in your word. And we bind every wicked spirit from the strong man on down to the lowest demon in rank, power, and form within us. Especially those who would try to block understanding. And especially those who would try to throw monkey wrenches in the gears of our thinking. And we just loose the mind of Christ, power, love, retentive mind into us. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth. Father, your son, Lord Jesus, your name. And all God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Then we went, I mean, we asked a simple question in John 14, 12. What did Jesus do? What was the business of Jesus Christ? Because he says the same the th- things I do, you'll do in greater. I'm happy for the bonus, the greater, but I'd be satisfied doing what he did. And as we look into the Word of God, Mark chapter 1, we looked at verses 21 to 24. You know what? I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I've got to go there. Mark chapter 1, 21 to 24. I love Mark 1. It's a very long chapter. And I love Mark's gospel because it's 16. The other 15 are quite as long. It's a fast-moving narrative report of what the Lord Jesus Christ was all about. So let's go back there because um, it pays to review, or as Derek Prince says, recapitulate. Mark chapter 1, and we're going we're gonna to zero in once again by way of review on verses 21 to 24. Mark chapter 1, 21 through 24. They're in the city of Capernaum. When I was in Israel, that's where we went. One of the first places we went was in Hebrew, Kafar Nahum, the village of Nahum. Nahum the prophet. So Capernaum, it says Jesus and the disciples went into Capernaum and immediately on the Shabbat, that would be Sunday for us. On their church day, though it was synagogue day for them under the Old Covenant, Jesus, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. How much would you give for one hour, 60 minutes, of just sitting there right now and listening to Jesus teach? People, I give all I, I'd, I'd give all I have for one hour with them, and I'm certain you would too. And he began to teach. That's what rabbis do. Jesus started his ministry like any good rabbi at the age of thirty. They had a lot of preparation, arduous preparation, tough school. 
preparation. And verse 22, and those listening to him, that's the they there, were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because he taught with authority, and he knew his authority. Yeah, he was the son of God and God the son. He was confident. Tell me, do you do that? Do people marvel at how you're, you're, you're sharing the truth with them, teaching them the truth, that you have strong convictions about that truth? I remember one of studies, you know, different secular people uh, across the years. And I remember because I went to co- a Christian college in Philadelphia that uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I I enjoyed uh, reading parts of Poor Richard's Almanac, which was written, composed by Benjam- Dr. Benjamin Franklin. And uh, in the sixteen late 16, mid to late 1600s, uh, 1700s, actually late 1600s, early 1700s. Uh, I loved that the, the you know the studying the colonial history of the United States, and apparently during the first Great Awakening in the colonies under George Whitfield, Franklin was seen going to Whitfield's meetings. Now he was not a born again Christian; he was a theist. In fact, he was a deist. He believed there was a God, that a God began everything, uh, kind of started the engine, but then got out of the car, walked away and let natural processes, natural law run everything, which is totally antithetical to the Bible. God got so God has gotten so intimate with his creation, he sent his son to die for us. So that's nonsense. But still, he was a theist, praise God. At least he believed there was a God. And um, and more specifically, deist. But someone stopped Dr. Franklin and said, Dr. Franklin, you look like you're heading like many, a, lot of, a lot of people here in the crowds. You're heading toward listening to George Whitfield speak. And by the way, George Whitfield from England... His voice was so strong that it is said that they could hear him a mile away. God must have propelled his voice in some manner because they didn't have power systems, so to speak, speaker systems. To get the word out, I, I bet God did something there. So, People are going to where George Whitfield is speaking there in Philadelphia. Franklin's one of them. <clears throat> he said, Dr. Franklin, you don't believe what he believes. He says, no, I don't. But he believes it, and I enjoy listening to him. Do you speak with authority? Do you speak with conviction firmly grounded in the Word of God? Or do you hem and haw, and do you kind of like, well, I don't know, really. Listen, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to produce a tremendous conviction, not over sin. I mean, that too, that's good. But I'm talking about just a uh, someone with Judeo-Christian biblical values that speaks with authority, with strong convictions. 
Jesus did. So you got good company. Verse 23, and just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, that is, the spirit cried out, saying, verse 24, what business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? When you call out to Jesus, be specific. Paul later in 2 Corinthians talks about another Jesus that's preached, another spirit, not of the Holy, not the Holy Spirit. Other spirits, evil spirits, demons, and other gospel. People, there are a lot of gospels that people talk about. It's good news to them, but it's not the good news of the scriptures. When you call out to Jesus, nail it down. There are new age spirits called Jesus. But they are not Jesus of Nazareth. They are not the Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord Jesus Messiah, the Mashiach, the Holy One of God, the Anointed One of God the Father. They're not the Jesus of the Bible. So when you call out to the Lord Jesus, make sure you nail him down in terms of what Jesus That's what I'm encouraging you to do. Because look at the demon. He nailed him down. He knows who he is. Jesus, Yeshua of Nazareth. That's where Jesus grew up. Born in Bethlehem. Grew up in Nazareth. I was there. Very poor city. I mean, extreme. Probably only about 12 to 15 families there. And Joseph and Mary. I mean, Miriam Miriam was a teenager. Joseph was not that old. He was probably a late teens, early 20s. These were young married couples. Jesus grew up in Nazareth. Look what the demon asked him. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Here at Agape Bible Church, into a fourth decade of full-time, full gospel ministry, we've had many demons who have complained about the Holy One of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the words they use, Holy One of God. And the Lord Jesus has actually made uh, appearances, again, touching these demons, and they leave quick. Believe me, they leave quick. When his glory, his Shekinah glory presence comes. Oh no, it's the Holy One of God. It's, it's the Son of God. No! And they call him other scriptural names. Verse 25, and what did Jesus do? Same thing we should be doing, people. The Lord rebuke you. The blood of Jesus rebuke you, we can say. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. I rebuke you in Jesus' mighty name. The Lord rebuke you. He rebuked him. He said, be quiet and come out of him. Be quiet and come out of him. You know, demons have ulterior motives. And we got to be very in tune with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a strong believer, like Win Worley was, and some others, 
not Frank Hammond. I think that's where he went wrong. And he kind of shut down the deliverance in his meetings because he wouldn't allow them to speak. That's all, the only chapter in The Pigs in the Parlor I warned people, uh, skip over it. He thought if you talked to demons, you would you'd be uh, divining them. And people, that's laughable. You're not trying to find out information to be used for in your favor. You're trying to interrogate them to weaken them. And I literally, when they manifest in me, maybe Frank didn't get a lot of deliverance himself. I don't know. But I can tell you from my own experience, when they manifest, they weaken. Because they're under strict orders to not let their host know that they're in there. And I praise God, I've manifested since since day one. When this big, I humbled myself and this big boy started manifesting in me, growling, clenching my teeth, squishing my eyes, and he didn't like what was happening. And it's been off to the races ever since. Now, I don't manifest all the time in terms of every demon that leaves. A lot of times I'll just, well, probably half the time, especially in personal deliverance, I'll just burp and and uh, and yawn and yawn and yawn and yawn. And the funny thing is I don't make myself yawn. And I was out there to see Pastor Worley. I met him. He laid hands on me in, in his home for tongues and the gifts. I met him. And before I met him on Sunday night after service, Sunday afternoon is when this demon manifested. And I couldn't deny it. As long as I was rational and and uh, and honest. And sadly, a lot of people don't don't hit them. So they never manifest and it's easy to talk yourself out of out of the truth. Well, I was tired. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. And they walk away. And all they had to do is treat it like the children's children's bread. That's what Jesus calls it. Spiritual bread for God's kids. And for his sheep. Jesus, his sheep. And you got to hit him, hit him, hit him. Because at some point, they're going to talk you out of it, or they're going to do something. You're gonna, they're going to get you to do something stupid, and you're out. Don't let it happen. Get him out. We just had a wonderful workshop, had a solid turnout at the workshop this past weekend, and the singing was on Sunday was and the praise Saturday night. It was just absolutely amazing. And that's how you know you're getting free because your praise and worship is qualitatively better. You don't have to get the drums and the beat going to get people to move around. No, it's in the spirit. John 4, Jesus says what? The Father seeks those to worship Him. The Father in spirit and in truth. And a lot of times these churches... Brother Shannon, have you heard this before? So many churches, they're just demon daycare centers. (laughs) No, I haven't, but that's the truth. Um, there's demons roosting all over the churches. 
Why? Because they've never been challenged. Yep. I think um, uh, we've heard of the the statement, the greatest lie Satan ever promulgated was to convince man that he does not exist. Well, I don't deny that, but uh, in the church, I think uh, one of the greatest lies is that a Christian can't have a demon. And that has kept more people demonized than anything else. Uh, because they say, well, I can't have a demon. Who says? Bible doesn't say that. Bible says give no place to the enemy. It means there's a place he can occupy. Um, many examples of um, the disciples who had demons. Jesus rebuked the demons inside of them at times. Uh, you know, we know, um, I mean, we can go down that trail, but um, I grew up in the church, Brother John, never saw deliverance. Yet I needed it, and many other people needed it too. And I grew up in the Church of God, Pentecostal Church, uh, associated with Elite College. It's put out some of the televangelists like um, Jensen Franklin, Perry Stone, Paula White. They all came out of the Church of God. Love them or hate them. You know, you, you don't want to hate them, but just, you know, you may not agree with everything they they do. But the point is, is uh, they preach the gospel. I saw people speak in tongues, Brother John. I saw interpretation. People love the Lord. They saw, they sang the old-timey songs that still have power, power in the blood, amazing grace, in the name of Jesus. Demons have to flee, but I never saw them flee in church because we didn't do deliverance. We did everything but deliverance, Brother John. That was a missing part of the church of God and still is today, as far as I know. Still is today in most churches. In fact, about the only churches that are mainstream that do deliverance and it's a form of it, is uh, the Catholic Church. And exorcisms don't work unless they uh, invoke the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if they do that, demons can come out. But that's sad that uh, the mainstream church, until maybe recently, and thank God for what uh, some are doing, come out in Jesus' name the movie, and more picking up now than ever before. But uh, we didn't have it growing up. And I needed deliverance, brother. So did most of the youth. We were sexually active. Now, how is that possible? Because we had demons inside, didn't get cast out. Because a Christian can have a demon. So if you can't have a demon, then why spend any time on talking about it? And we had altar calls, brother John. People would come up for prayer, but I never saw any deliverance going on. You know, there'd be people crying and uh, weeping, confess their sins, coming back to the Lord, rededicating their lives, getting saved, you know, prayer for healing. But I never saw deliverance. That was just something that you might see in Haiti. Well, far from it. Years later, finish my story. You know, I get nostalgic sometimes, brother. And you ever go and look up somebody you went to school with or an old friend you haven't talked to in years? Oh, yeah. And Facebook is good for that. You can find people on Facebook. But I found some things that uh, I didn't like what I found. It's like that line out of the Planet of the Apes at the end. The ape says to Charlton Heston, Taylor, he says, you might not like what you find. And I found a Sunday school teacher. I won't mention his name. I was wondering, what happened to him? I'll tell you what happened to him. He went gay, Brother John. No. He divorced his wife. She had Jezebel, as it turns out. She needed deliverance, too. But they broke up, 
and he was divorced. His wife was just, you know, totally um, broken apart with this. And um, he's a homosexual man. Used to teach my Sunday school class. I liked the guy. He was a nice guy. And uh, he had a demon inside. What would cause him to do that? He needed deliverance. It just took another form in him, and that form of sexual perversion. Brother, there were divorce in the church. All types of sin in the church that should have been dealt with in the church. The repentance of sin and the casting out of demons in Jesus' name. But the church of God taught, well, the Holy Spirit and a demon can't occupy the same place. They didn't understand the makeup of the human being. They didn't understand that one-third of Jesus Christ's ministry, the children's bread, is for everybody. Everybody's got demons. And you know what? You and I don't have to debate that with people that have done deliverance because if you get involved in a couple of deliverances, you find out everybody's got demons. And uh, I've only been doing deliverance since about 2010, very short time. But I can tell you just about all the cases I've worked with were demonized Christians. And I have prayed for people that weren't Christian. Told them you need to find Christ and quick if you want to keep your freedom. I'll pray for anybody though. Uh, just as Jesus prayed for the demoniac. You know, he didn't win him to his side first. He prayed and then the guy who was butt naked, who was a cutter, was clothed in his right mind and ready to meet Jesus. So I'll pray for anybody. Have demon will pray. But just understand, if you don't give your life to Jesus, they'll come back and you're going to be in some serious trouble. So, deliverance. The missing ingredient. Brother, 2010, I came to that conclusion. This is what I've been looking for. This was missing in my life the whole time. I knew there was more. I grew up in the church from age two on, I remember. Both grandfathers were pastors. There was a time, Brother John, where I would go to Granddad Davis's church on Friday night. They'd have like a Friday night prayer meeting. And then I would be back over at uh, Granddad Weber's church on Sunday. I mean, that was unique. I grew up in the church. What a blessing. But I never saw deliverance. And I saw the fruits of not having deliverance destroyed marriages, divorce, adultery, whoremongering, and a whole list of other things. And uh, I'm so blessed, Brother John, to have found the missing one-third of Jesus Christ's ministry that should not have been missing at all. And until it's in every church, the devil just going to keep doing the same thing he's been doing since the beginning, attacking people and they're, they're not going to know what hit them because they think they're immune to demons. It's like the dentist who told me one time, I was talking to him about as an adult maybe getting uh, uh, some of this uh, coating that you can put over the teeth to you know, ward off any future cavities. He said, you don't want to do that. I said, well, why don't you want to get a sealant? He said, if you've got anything that we missed there before we seal it, just one little speck of a germ, We'll seal that thing, and you think you're all right until one day you put a toothpick over there, and it goes right through the tooth, and you realize it's rotted from the inside out. You thought you were good to go. Just like most Christians, they think they're good to go. But there's not anything further than the truth, further from the truth than the fact that you can have anything that you open the door to, and we've got many people sitting on church pews right now that are full-on demonized, and they need deliverance. And how many have committed suicide? Rick Warren, you've probably seen the controversy that they're having with the Southern Baptist Convention right now. Should a woman be in the pulpit ordained as a pastor? 
they shouldn't be, in my opinion. I think in some cases there was no man to be found, so God used some people. But uh, that's not in the Word of God that uh, an elder of a church should be a female. It's a man. That's what God put on the men, not the women. And uh, on top of that, there's homosexuals in the church. Uh, there was a lady who was wondering why she was expelled from the SBC, and uh, I'm I'm not surprised. Number one, she shouldn't be a pastor anyway, but worse than that, she's a lesbian. And I saw the Rainbow Pride scarf that she was wearing, and she says, well, what a great loss for us not to be in the SBC. And Rick Warren, who brought this into the church and was ordaining women, which he should not have done, rightfully so, he was booted out. His son committed suicide, Brother John. And they said, well, he had a history of mental health. No, he had demons. Probably some of the demons that his mom and dad had. And the sad part is that boy is dead because he was playing a board game at the family home of the Warrens and afterwards he took a pistol and the story is he put it up to his chest and pulled the trigger, killed himself. He's in hell tonight. He murdered himself. That's one sin that you cannot repent of. You can repent of anything else as long as you're alive. But if you're dead, how are you going to repent for killing yourself? I don't want to take that chance. I don't recommend anybody murder themselves. I think you go right into hell. Pray that I'm wrong. But here's the deal. His son needed deliverance. His son didn't have to die. He died in vain. That boy needed deliverance from something that he had inherited in all likelihood. A bloodline curse just like I inherited them. Just like we've all inherited stuff. From sins of our fathers. And... um, he didn't get deliverance. He wanted a body bag, Brother John. How many people in the church have committed suicide? You know, for a while there, we were hearing about pastors committing suicide. Another man in a, a very big church committed suicide. And he was supposed to be in there um, in a counselor position, helping others with suicidal thoughts. You can't counsel a demon out. You cast it out. And all they could say about the guy, Brother John, was, well, he was a great man. He headed up our Halloween program. Halloween program. What the? What in hell is that doing in the church, brother John? I'm done. I didn't mean to go far with my micro sermon, but brother, I'm just a testimony of the fact that what you said is true. There's demons all over the pews in the church, my brother, and they're they're being they're easier to spot now. Look at how people are dressing, going into the church with mini skirts, showing off their legs and their breast. What's up with that, brother John? Yeah, and it's even worse than that. It's on uh, Christian television. Oh, yes. And you can, um, I remember about a half a dozen years ago, my wife was appalled, and she called into the studio, and they said, well, it's not the, as long as they're not showing, you know, the, the, the very center of the breasts, okay. What? How many men what? have looked at that and lusted and committed adultery in their heart and ended up doing the actual deed and their homes are broken because someone came in dressed like a hoe. The demon inside wanted to hook up. That's why people dress like that. That's why in the animal kingdom, the peacocks, they have all those flowers and they begin to strut and they pop them out trying to get somebody's attention. The demon inside got the attention of somebody else who was weak and now another casualty of war. Brother, the churches don't, don't do deliverance. They're not going to last. I'm telling you, I've looked up people and they didn't last. How sad. 
How sad. I, you should have seen the look on this man's face, or his wife's face. They ended up getting a family picture together because they had two older daughters. And brother, she looked like she had died. And she had died inside. Um, this is all over. You know, when you begin to pervert the truth, sexual perversion is not very far off. Look at where we're at right now, Brother John, since we did our last program. Pride Month. The whole nation is celebrating sodomy. Men with men, women with women. A man with a dog just arrested the other day, and he said to the cops, what can I do to get you to shoot me? I just can't live now with this shame. He needed deliverance. And brother, these demons are going after the children to castrate them. Sex changes. I would have never uh, thought I would see this day. I didn't see it in school growing up. It's prolific now, Brother John. The sodomites have taken over the country. And we've got people in positions of power in the government right now. Half man, half woman. You seen that one four-star admiral? He's got, from the waist up, a man's uniform. From the waist down, a skirt pantyhose and slippers standing next to an androgynous man a bald headed man that was in a dress with lipstick caught stealing people's luggage at the airports what's going on in our country brother John I tell you demons have taken over and where we don't cast them out they will infest and multiply and I'm looking for the judgment of God to fall out now because it says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Surely we're going to enlist a response taking a month and people putting their fist in the heavens, stealing God's rainbow and uh, saying your children are ours. Brother, we're in trouble. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble, uh, pride cometh before the fall. I think we're going to see the fall of America very soon if something doesn't break and the church doesn't get up and repent and, and take their position on the battle line and begin to fight the host of ill. Back to you. Uh, brother, totally right. I just um, <clears throat> comment on a few things you said. Uh, the uh, Assembly of God denomination actually has in their doctrinal statement at their headquarters that a Christian cannot ever be demon-possessed. That's right. And brother uh i encourage people run from the assemblies of god churches because you're putting yourself there's a spiritual principle that's as certain as the microphone i'm speaking through whoever we put ourselves under the authority of we get their demons absolutely and and that's why you need to get out and as I said at the workshop, as fast as your skinny little legs will carry you or run you, or if you have fat little legs, as fast as they will. Run Brother John, you. these demons spread from those churches and took yep. out already the Methodist church, the Lutheran church, the Episcopalian church. Brother, I cannot believe how many denominations have bit the dust and are embracing homosexuality and lesbians in the pulpit. Brother, I, I never thought I would see the day. Um, I don't recognize the church anymore. What happened, Brother John? They took them out. And when you hear Catholics complaining, and we know Catholicism is a cult, but when we hear them complaining, how even the church has changed from what it used to be, and they've got a, a pope who does not believe hell is real, 
and he welcomes everybody with their sexual sin to come on in and not have to change. They said if something doesn't happen fast, the church as we know it's going to be destroyed. Now, they're speaking the truth over there. Um, I never thought I would see this day. The Lutherans, the Episcopalians, the Methodists, they're shot out. They're gone, Brother John. There's not many left anymore. And you know what? I praise God for uh, you and Brother Wynn Worley. You came out of the Baptist Church. The Baptist Church is one of the last churches standing that still preach the Word of God out there. Now, they don't believe that Christians have a demon. They don't speak in tongues. But you know what? I'll give them kudos for sticking with God's Word, the King James Bible. I'm a King James man myself. But what I'm saying here is doesn't matter what denomination you look at out there. None of them are casting out demons historically. Uh, in recent history, you've got to go back to the time of A.A. Allen, the 50s plus. Now, back then, there were some people casting out demons in the assemblies of God. And you, see, you saw many, and then it's like it got suppressed. And that document you mentioned in the assemblies of God, I've got a copy of it. It's from the 70s. I bought it. It's sitting back in America. Uh, I'd heard that story, too, and I confirmed it. It's very true. And they still believe that way. Although they're scratching their heads, that must, something must be wrong because so many people have fallen from grace across the board, Brother John. The demons are sitting in the roost. Back to you, in the pulpit. Brother, we are highlighting the issues, the problems that are going on within those who know better. I will say that there is a... Uh, an arm of the Presbyterian Church. There is an arm of the Lutheran Church called the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod who is sticking with God's Word. And people, excuse me, and and, and really anyone listening, uh, whenever these denominations went south on the Lord, because every one of them was conservative, conservative and biblical. Now, hardly any of them we're full gospel, sadly. But at least, as Jesus says in the Gospel of Mark, Gospel of Luke, rather, that the most important, in a, it, it, utter importance, is that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And at least they all uniformly, not the Roman Catholics, their salvation through works completely. But all these Protestant denominations, Lutheranism at one time, come on, Martin Luther, none of us would be saved. We'd, we'd all be Roman Catholic right. if it wasn't for Luther. Thank God for Luther and Swingley and Calvin and others, uh, John Huss. But these, these uh, denominations went and chucked, flushed the Word of God. And whenever you do that as a church, denomination, as whenever you do it as a nation, whenever you do it as a family, whenever you do it as an individual, you're out there on the open ocean and you're rudderless. So, Brother Shannon, it's no surprise that these liberal organizations and, and liberal-leaning have accepted homosexual marriages, are marrying homosexuals, they have no authority. And people, that's one of the most important questions you'll ever be asked in life. Here, here are the top two. Number one, who is God? Who is God? And number two, 
what authority is calling the shots for your life what authority are you living by and your authority and my authority I guarantee you brother Shannon's authority and his family's is the word of God it better be because there is no other standard and you know yep. uh, I think that part of this came in with a, a corruption of the very word of God you've got hundreds of different versions today and I know there's, there's been a big controversy but the reason I stick with the King James Bible I'll tell you is because it's the only modern version that's still based on the Textus Receptus all these other Bibles are bridge Bibles back to the Catholic Church and about a hundred years ago Horton Westcott came in uh, via demonic infiltration of the Bible societies and throughout the Texas Receptus put in their own Horton Westcott Greek and they went back and grabbed the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus that came out of Egypt and abandoned the Antioch Codex and uh, that's what you got now and it's getting worse and worse uh, you can't trust the modern versions even be the same next printing even the King James, the new King James, excuse me, in the third printing, they went and threw out the Texas Receptus, and they're on the Horton Westcott now, and the Vaticanus, which came right out of the bowels of the Vatican. And so, you know, there's compromise. A little bit here, a little changes there. Next thing you know, you've got 100,000 changes between the new King James and the original. And, brother, I'm like this. Uh, I have to admit that I'm... a victim of a poor education so it may take me a little bit longer to read a King James because of the poor quality of schooling we've got in the West now compared to what it was in the 50's but that just means i got to study harder but at least I know I'm getting something that has not been corrupted by men who did who were over there I'm talking about Horton Westcott one of these guys would go into a church at night in the dark by himself and commune with the spirits he was involved in necromancy. And even their sons um, attested the fact, and, and their biographies did of both the fathers, that they weren't even sure that Jesus was the only way. They questioned the deity of Christ, the virgin birth. Uh, what are these guys doing? Handling the word of God. And they slipped in their corrupted text, and it just wiped out all the modern translations. And uh, so that's why I'm a sticker to it. And uh, I stick with the King James because I don't have to worry about it being changed to be politically correct. Next year, uh, brother, um, I believe that's part of it right there. And the fact that, uh, again, through religious spirits of pride, people rejected the deliverance ministry of Jesus. Look at the problem Derek Prince had. And, you know, uh, he was in, you know, preaching in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And many churches and the Church of God and Assemblies of God, they didn't like him doing deliverance. He was ostracized by many churches, had to start doing his own meetings over there at the Holiday Inn. Because the churches, some of them wouldn't invite him back. They didn't want to hear about deliverance. A.A. Allen ostracized because he was casting out devils and doing cures in Jesus' name. Many have been ran out of the mainstream church or not allowed in because they dared do deliverance. Me and my grandfather were in a theater back in 2010. My granddad would never go to the theater, Brother John, growing up. Uh, he just didn't do it. He didn't want to compromise. But when grandmother died and, and in his retirement, I, I got granddad to go to the movies sometimes with me. And we went and watched some action movie. 
and I'm right there. We're doing it during the day. Um, just coming out, and we bumped into a, a major televangelist <laughs> who's up in the Gainesville area and his son. And this was a guy who preached at my grandfather's church when the man was just getting started in the ministry at age 21. He used to drive a Mercedes that Jimmy Swaggart gave him. Jensen Franklin was his name. And Jensen was taking his son up there during the day. And uh, he would have been mobbed if he had went any later. He would travel usually with a bodyguard anyway, but not that day. But he recognized my grandfather, and it was like old times. And, and I just I said, hey, Brother Jensen, you came out with a book on Python. Uh, what do you think about deliverance and Christians? I was trying to see if I could break into a conversation, see if he would uh, you know, bring in some deliverance meetings to the church. And he, he looked at me a little bit strange, and he said, well, you know, maybe that would explain why we're having some of the problems in the church. That's all he said. But they don't do deliverance over there. They need deliverance. Every church needs deliverance. There's no shame in saying we need deliverance. The only shame, Brother John, is people are keeping their demons when Jesus Christ would have them be set free. And not only be free, then he wants you and his end-time army. That's why I'm so excited to know you, Brother John, and those at Hegwish Baptist Church like Michael Thier and the other men of God over there that have been doing deliverance nonstop for decades and hold meetings because you know that deliverance is real. You got deliverance. When Worley got deliverance, he got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he embraced both deliverance and speaking in tongues. We need everything that Jesus gave us over Mark 16. Deliverance, healing, gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is the full gospel that you're talking about. And if we don't have a full gospel, we got an lopsided gospel, don't we, Brother John? That's my micro sermon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, folks, it's by not the too way, late. you remember Carlton Pearson? I mean, talk about going going oh, left man. field. Oh, uh, I think he was a disciple of Oral Roberts. Right. He was in Oklahoma, and he was pretty much straight down the line. Right. Not full gospel, but straight down the line. And then he went way left field, accepting homosexuals and lesbians into his church. And, uh, you know, he was one of these, uh, uh, you know, uh, guys who everybody was hoping that he was going to amount to quite, you know, be a big televangelist. And he was for a while. Yes, he was. But again, again brother, I, I lay it at the doorstep. I put it at the doorstep. The price, same same thing as Bishop Eddie Long. And I'm not saying that, you know, Carlton Pearson sinned like he did. Uh, again, he was a closet homosexual pedophile. And a number of young black boys, like young boys, of white boys have come out of his church, you know, uh, accusing him of things. Uh, you know, you don't go and uh, preach somewhere across the ocean, let's say, in Europe, and instead of bringing your wife, you're bringing one of your, one of your young boys in your church? Both those what? men uh, were clients of my dad's firm, Affiliated Media Group. I never got to meet them, but back uh, before they had problems, uh, dad used to put them on air. And then I looked into the life of Carlton Pearson. Something went wrong, and I'll tell you what wrong. He never got deliverance. And those demons yep. took him out, and in the end, he believes, I think, an ultimate reconciliation. Uh, or he believes that there's no hell. You know, everybody's going to heaven. Um, 
you look at them, there's a spirit on them of homosexuality. We know what happened to Eddie Long. And uh, not to say God didn't use them at a time, but they did run well. What, what did hinder them? The fact that they did not get deliverance or embrace deliverance, and the very demons grew and grew and took them out in the end and destroyed them both. Yeah, and brother, the devil is so smart because he gets, he gives it, you know, they get a huge following. And then the same thing with Roberts Lurden. I had a guy who, oh, man. Uh, from, from New York City who came uh, out to see us for a few, couple of three workshops. Uh, he didn't get a lick of freedom. I mean, we, we tried everything. I don't know if he was saved. I, I, I would say probably, but I don't know whether he truly repented. You know, remember the four things that short circuit deliverance, uh, uh, completely shut it down. Number one, unforgiveness. Number two, unrepentant. Number three, pride. And um, uh, number four, unbelief, that you have them in you. So those four things, and I don't know whether they're all four there, one of four, two of four, three of four, I don't know. I could never put my finger on it. I didn't see him, you know, all that much. He only was here for three or four workshops. So he decided to spend a week out in California, and he went to Roberts Learden's church. And he told me this story later. He said at the end of the week, he had gotten no freedom out there. All right, well, he didn't get freedom here either. Uh, more than likely his fault. Uh, but he um, he went up to Roberts, <clears throat> and remember Roberts Learden, God's generals, and, uh, you know, he's the one that came up to his church on one Sunday morning, you know, rather sizable church, and say that he's homosexual. I think uh, Roberts Learden is a cursed man. And I'll tell you why. Because he wrote a book slamming A.A. Allen, calling him a drunk, which was a lie. I spent a year uh, working with A.A. Allen's son. He's my personal friend. I got him on my phone. Paul Allen, surviving son of A.A. Allen. I may have one of the largest collections of A.A. Allen Miracles Today programs. uh, Working with Paul, his son, who had me work on a conversion project from VHS to DVD. And I've had an opportunity to not only talk to his son and have him on this program, but have Ross Collette, which was the number two man for A.A. For a. Allen. And uh, while A.A. A. Allen did have a drinking problem prior to getting saved and uh, battled with things, but he got delivered. And he finished the race. He did not die drunk in a hotel. But he had a man who took over the um, the ministry when he died and did some very terrible things, including selling off most of Miracle Valley. And they lied about the man and said he had all these drugs in his hotel. He didn't have any of that. He was not a drunk man. I know people, many people who spent time with A. Allen for a month at a time in his home and said if this guy had alcohol, we would have known it. We slept in his house, drove his car. And uh, this Lairdon guy has done more to attack the name of A. Allen than anybody because his book still sells. And he still sells this narrative that A. Allen died an alcoholic. I call BS on that. Uh, he never met the man. There was a smear campaign up until the time A. Allen died that continues to this day because the assemblies of God could not control him. And he drew such crowds, Brother John, that he couldn't hold a meeting in any church. There was no seating available, so we do him in auditoriums in his tent. And uh, there was a lot of um, animosity and jealousy and pride 
And the other thing is, uh, he did things that the mainstream church didn't want to do. He cast out devils. And those are demons too. Pride, animosity, jealousy. And so, here we go. This guy um, admits that he's a homosexual. He slept with somebody that was working under him. I don't think he's ever repent. He's ever been delivered, brother. And he won't repent for attacking A. Allen. So his demons are still trying to attack legitimate deliverance ministry. 50 years after a man's death. Almost 70 years now. He, Aeon died in, well, wait a minute, died in 1970, so 53 years. So I got a bone to pick with Lyrdon. He needs to pull that book and repent for throwing a man under the bus mm-hmm. who did more miracles than anybody I know. That's why they did the show called Miracles Today. Almost every program, brother, they preach the gospel, one souls, cast out devils, miracles, uh, miracle cures, and and they're continuing to slam this man this is just not right. But this is what demons do. They kill, they steal, and they destroy. And that man needs to repent. And so do any of these other ministries up there that have been active ministers in sexual sin, and they don't step down and repent and get cleaned up and delivered. Jimmy Swaggart's still got a problem. His problem is he's still got the same demons he had before. Now, whether or not they actually cause him to go and do what he did before, assemblies of God, there you go. They don't believe a Christian can have a demon. He doesn't cast out demons in his church. And look at the pain and misery and blight he caused on the church. Everybody knew who Jimmy Swaggart was all over the world. And they also know that he was going into hookers. And we can go right down the list. Homosexuality, uh, adultery, fornication. And it's hit all across the assemblies of God and church of God. I mean, I can tell you, people have been married four times. Uh, Adultery. With their secretaries. And you know, God's going to judge these people if they don't repent. And they need deliverance. Without repentance, there is no deliverance. That's my micro sermon. And I can talk about the Church of God. It's a church I grew up in, and I know things that other people don't know. Okay? T.D. Jakes was my, my father's account. I just learned Benny Hinn was his too. Joel Osteen, and many more, had 130 ministries. I know what I'm speaking about here, folks. I've been in it my whole life, both in the church and family in the religious media side. And you know what? We could have avoided many of these problems that we've seen if people just did what Jesus did and said as the first sign that falls them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. There we are. We need to do what Jesus did. And that means casting out demons. Amen. Back to you, Brother John. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Yeah, preach it. The the uh, interesting thing is, Robert's learned this. This uh, gentleman went up to him because it, it, it was Friday, and you know he had been. He started on Sunday with him, so he said, "I've been with you all week, uh, uh, Mister Lairdon, and I just want to let you know that I haven't gotten any deliverance." And Roberts looked him in the face, looked him in the eyes, and said, "And he said, you, son, you don't have any demons. Just go walk." Go walk in Christ. <laughs> and and handed him a copy of God's General's sign. Oh. And it's like, what? And brother, I'm telling you, it was only maybe a year or two later, maybe just several months later, that Roberts confessed this homosexual relationship. The people there, from what I heard, were already, already wondering, how come he's not dating? Why doesn't he have a wife yet? Why doesn't he have a at least a female a friend who he's uh, you know courting or something, 
and they were wondering and then but from what i heard he's been reinstated for some reason i don't know i don't know a lot of just maybe he was truly repentant but unless you get again get, and, and there's no guarantee if you get demons out i've known people uh, who have been in the full gospel who also uh ended up messing up but you lower your probability of falling to the devil's tricks um, you know, I was listening to a Bible study this morning when I was out about 5.45 and uh, made a very good point, um, and let me share it with you before I go, that the devil is smart. I think it was Charles Stanley at 6.30 a.m. The devil is smart. He'll, he'll not only tempt you to, to sin, sheep of Christ's pasture, he will not only tempt you to sin, tempt us, I include myself, to sin, but he will then afterwards torment you with the fact that you did. That's right. So he gets you on the front end, he gets you on the on the backside, and you're the victim, and you're the one that he's trying to, as just as Jesus Christ said it in John 10, as the, the thief, definite article there in, in the original, to steal to kill and to destroy don't let him do it you need every believer needs to get these wicked unclean evil spirits out of them just in fact listen one more thing last sunday when you were in church any demons manifest any demons leave all right what about the sunday before that Okay, what about the Sunday before that? The Sunday before that? What about so far this year? We're already in June. Any demons manifest? They did at Agape Bible Church. By the way, you can hear me on Sundays. I will not be here this Sunday or the following Sunday because I'm going away. I've got an Alaskan trip uh, that my wife and I are going on. Looking forward to being spending time with Chuck Swindoll. Uh, one of my mentors at Dallas Seminary, uh, or teachers, I should, no, 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 he, 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 one of my, what would I say, not a personal mentor in ministry, but one of the, there we go, the men that influenced, men of God that influenced me early on when I was a student there, and I've been listening to him for years and years and years, and I appreciate him. So I'm just encouraging you, listen in. Normally at noon Eastern time, you can go to on Facebook. We have a four-hour Sunday service, Sunday mornings, technically Sunday noon until 4 o'clock. And I'll even pray, do a mini-mass deliverance with, uh, with the audience. A lot of people getting good freedom. We just finished our summer spiritual warfare and deliverance workshop. And uh, listen to us. Ever, I'm telling you, you'll be blessed, and you'll learn something. You will leave the broadcast better than you came in, and that's the entire um, thrust of uh, OMR two, Omega Man Radio, to Amen. leave each broadcast better than you came in because you are into actively the full gospel if you want to help us out financially you know where OMR is you can find us at Agape Bible just like it sounds, name of the church Agape Bible Church agapebible.net on the left column you'll see contributions help us out 
help us keep the lights on the, the spiritual lights on here in this lighthouse for the boat, boats in the harbor that are sinking and 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 people are drowning in in problems in sin and they don't know what to do because their church does not commit itself and practice the full gospel but brother shannon once again thank you thank for you, my your friend. time i won't see anyone until august i'm taking july off uh and uh so we'll see you on the other side of July in August. Looking forward to it, and uh, you're in our prayers. Also, check out our bookroom, agapebiblebr.com, agapebiblebr, bookroom, br.com, and praise the Lord. Thank you again, Brother Shannon. Thank you, my friend. We love you. We'll see you when you get back. God bless you. Thank you, sir.